Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Madness? No. This is wonderful. And that's a 300 joke. See, I knew you were going to do that. Oh. But I don't know anything about that film. How predictable I've become. You didn't see it? No. Oh, man. Badass stuff. It's like a gladiator kind of thing, right? Yeah, but spart- big, burly Spartan dudes just fucking other dudes up for two hours. Uh-huh. Gerard Butler, shirtless. Yeah. Back- a bunch of oily mm-hmm. bros just kicking other dudes. I feel like when you hear the uh, the name Gerard Butler. Yeah. You think it's a very quality. Sp- well, it's a very specific time period. Like- if a film has the Gerard Butler seal of approval, yeah. you're, you know you're in for mm-hmm. a good time. But we're not here to talk about films In of fact, any kind. we can't, actually. Yeah. And so, yeah. But the, we are going to talk to you about things that we like, that's good, that we're into. Thank you so much for sticking with us for 300 whole ass episodes. That's, yeah. That's so much. We, yeah. We, we love doing this show and appreciate everybody. I feel like every time we're out and about, we, we see people who are like, love it. Love I your know. stuff. I know. It warms my heart so much. Yeah. Right down to the cockles. You got any small wonders, though? Uh, oh, I can say yes that we got to be guests last night on a live Judge John Hodgman here in Washington, D.C. On the Van Freaks Roadshow Tour. Yeah, yes. and it was so great. It was such a hoot. I love those guys. Uh, to the moon and back. Uh, if you live in, let me think, Portland, Maine, Boston, or Brooklyn, you can still catch one of those shows. Uh, I mean, if you're in Portland, you need to act fucking fast because I think it's tonight, the episode that this comes out. Um, but you, you should go see that show because it's really, really fun. Um, yeah. I don't have the link to tell you, but if you go search for Judge John Hodgman Van Freaks Roadshow, you'll probably be able to get, get there. I yeah. Bet. Um, I'm going to say we went out to a nice... Uh, Izakaya restaurant last night with uh, with John and Jesse before the show, uh, and it was real good. I love that sort of vibe. Yeah, Izakaya restaurant where it was just like whole like fish, uh, cooked over fire and rubbed with salt, and yeah. then you just go at it. That's great for me. And it's very small, like intimate setting. Yeah, we've been to a lot of restaurants at DC that are like big and fancy. Not this and one. This one felt very like. Comfortable. Like five and, tables and the whole thing, yeah. Sapporo on draft and just salty fish. Yeah. That's that's the dream for me. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say all that. And also, I was going to prep a topic on pumpkin carving because I really enjoyed pumpkin carving this year. I already did it. I already done did one on jack-o'-lanterns, <laughs> which is a shame. But I, I, did yeah. a, I did a Snorlax one at really? Henry's behest, and it turned out so good. I was so proud of myself. I know. It was one of those moments that you have a lot as a parent where it was very clear that Griffin did an incredible job, and he did exactly what Henry asked him to do. And Henry was like, looks good. No, Henry was very <laughs> sweet. Henry was very complimentary. He continued to say stuff. Once we like put a candle in it okay. at Trick or Treat Night, he was like, he was like really impressed. Okay. So it was a it was an excellent moment uh for, for me as a father. Okay. Um so yeah. Uh I go first this week, and I actually my topic today is connected to the fact that we were on Judge John Hodgman uh, live on stage last night at the Lincoln Theater here in D.C. Uh, I want to talk about the physiological response to performing live. Whoa. Okay. Uh, it is something that I have been, uh, that I've witnessed and been subject to my whole life. It is sort of also in the realm of like theater superstition. Uh, and so like ever since I was doing like plays in children's theater, 
I have been sort of feeling the effects and hearing about sort of like stage fright and stage adrenaline and, and all that jazz. Yeah, this has been really interesting, I think, for Griffin and me is that I have no real performing experience. Yeah. But it's obviously something I've had to start doing. Yeah. Like since we have started doing shows. And so I talked to Griffin as if I am traveling in a new land. Like Yeah, it's fun. Like it's fun out there, huh? Yeah, it is a <laughs> it is a uh it is a a singular feeling. The feeling of of going on stage in front of a bunch of people and and doing anything, right? Uh and I have been fortunate enough because of the shows that we do to have done like I don't know well over a hundred like live performances at this point I don't know the exact number I feel like we figured it out one time a few years ago and it was dramatically higher than I would have anticipated um, and I really like guesting on live shows like we did last night because I feel like you get all of that like feeling with only half the responsibility if True. that because you could just tank out there and like it's not your show so <laughs> whatever. Um, so I, 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 if I could pull back the curtain a bit, which feels appropriate, I feel like I have a bit of a complicated relationship with l- like live performance in with regards to like how it makes me feel and the things that it does, the the wild effect it has on my actual physical body. Um, because I think anybody in my family will attest to the fact that like I get really, really nervous for a very long time before we even go on tour like i start uh sort of clinching up uh sort of exponentially increased clinching as days pass leading up to uh when we when we go on tour and uh do live shows part of that is like travel right part of that is like you know when you're traveling and not doing your usual routines like it it throws you off your game a little bit it is really hard to sort of stay in the in the drift when you are not in your home um and then you sort of add on top of that this the the stage fright and adrenaline element to it like it is it is not ideal i think uh in how how nervous i get and how tense i get wild i've never seen that from you i feel like i have never even before our first live show which was that Austin? Was that when we went out for the ACL show in Austin? Was that our first one? Oh, um, I think it might have been. Maybe. Uh, maybe it was. You were like cool as a cute. You were so fucking chill, and I couldn't yeah. wrap my mind around. Here's it. the thing: it's funny what you just said about guesting on a podcast. How you don't feel a tremendous amount of responsibility when you go out on stage. I feel similarly, and this may be my own um, imposter syndrome, but I think of it as like this is this is Griffin's arena. Oh man! And I can show up and chip in when I when the mood hits me, but um, I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel like I have to carry anything. I think you are fooling yourself in that <laughs> supposition but i also am jealous of the fact that it doesn't it does not get because i would think way. you're going out with your brothers and sometimes dad yeah 
who you have performed with your entire life yeah, and have demonstrated over and over again to be very competent live performers. Right. I would think you would feel similarly it's to me. It's not, but it's, it is beyond logical. It is beyond okay. uh, evidence-based. <laughs> uh, it's, this fear is not one that is, uh, that is is based in logic. I have never gotten particularly nervous public speaking, which is a strange thing. I can't really explain it. You used to do that like quite a bit, right? When you were like in the in the spoken word, uh, you know, louder than a bomb sort of scene. Well, I mean, I wasn't doing spoken word poetry, but um, in all of my jobs, I have had to give presentations. Yeah, um, definitely not on the scale of a live performance like yeah. we have done. But but it never made me that nervous. Yeah, um, which is strange because I'm a pretty nervous person generally. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Again, astonishing that you do not have this issue. I, I, it, for me, it gets worse and worse and where I get more and more nervous until I am like barely like functional as a human being. Uh, r- r- until like maybe fifteen or twenty minutes before we actually go on stage is when the tide finally starts to turn, and then. Every time that we walk on stage, all of that like stress that has been accumulating in my body for like the better part of a week, just like immediately, like alchemically just becomes uh, like adrenaline. And then it is enough to sort of like a sort of emotional trebuchet, just like launch me across the stage for <laughs> the the duration of the live performance, right until I get off. It's, and then, and then on the tail end is also rarely great in that, like that sort of uh, adrenaline peak that I have that sort yeah, of gets me through the show. True. Then also stays up there for a long time. So it's I I have a really hard time falling asleep after uh, a show. Last night I had so much like. Uh, fatty sardine meat in my body from the dinner we'd eaten beforehand <laughs> that I did not have that issue. But usually I am up until like 1 or 2 a.m. after after a live show, which is super duper unfortunate. Yeah, see, I understand that. I understand that. Like the momentum that you get during a performance, like you can't just shut it off when it's over. So like I understand that that aspect of it. I think it's just surprising to me for as long as you've been doing this that this is like – I mean, do you think it's gotten better, I guess, is my question? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I used to be um, – I still – there is a separation, I think, that has happened in my mind between the, like, emotional uh, way that I think about uh, how I how I feel before live shows and, like, the actual physiological, like, f- effect, right? The actual yeah. – and this has been, like, really helpful for me in so many avenues in my life where um, – you know, my body feels incredibly stressed out and tense, but it is uh, because of the experience that I have with that, like I I am partially more used to it. And also I feel like I can count on the fact that the show is going to go well, right? Like yeah. I, I, we've prepared for the show most of the time. And uh, I know that I, my brothers and dad and you are going to like have my back out there. And so mm-hmm. like that is how I am able to rationalize the feeling that I feel. And it makes it way better because I used to just be straight up terrified all the time yeah. when I knew that there was a, a tour coming up. Now it's not like fear as much as it is stress. What about when you were like a kid and you were performing on stage? Yeah, I mean, I had terrible stage fright as as a kid, but it, it always like um, it always sort of resolved the same way which is you know you would go on stage and you would do the show and that would be that would be that see that is harder for me anything that involves memorization is crippling for me like i i cannot 
I cannot go out in front of people and have to recall something uh, that word for word I should know. Like that, that is difficult. I, I have always had a lot of anxiety around like, you have this that you're supposed to say at this time in this way, and you get out in front of these people and you do it exactly as you're supposed to. And I that is terrifying to me. Well, I think I I mean I understand that. I also think that the like rehearsal process is much more effective than I think most That's people true. would give it credit for. Yeah. Like if you do the same thing even a small number of times, it is easier to kind of that's like true and i don't that. have a lot of experience right. in that. Yeah. um but th- but it, i mean it was very much the same way where i would sort of be scared and then literally the curtain would open and it was it it would be scary still but then all of a sudden it's like an exercise and like trying to channel that yeah. energy into drama and acting <laughs> and on song and dance, mm-hmm. um, which is d- different from what we do now. There's also a phenomenon that I was very familiar with when I was doing children's theater that is like it's it is a weirdly, I think, commonly known thing for people who do a lot of performing, whether, you know, at, at whatever level. But I couldn't find like a common name for it. But our dad always called it show health. Which is like if you're feeling sick or crummy before a, a, a show, when you hit the stage, the like effect of this yeah. like transformation of, of uh, fear into adrenaline makes it possible to just completely yeah. push the, you know, physical symptoms that you are feeling out of your mind, which is like not theater exclusive. That's just how like adrenaline and a lot of sort of hormones in your body uh, work right. This is how you're able to lift a car off your baby or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, is is because of this. Obviously, this is a way lower stakes situation. <laughs> yeah. But there have definitely been a couple of shows that we have done where I have not been, you know, at my physical peak. That it, you know, I wouldn't have known that while I am on stage. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. I think it is easy to when you hear about stuff like this, especially if you don't like perform live or do anything like that. Uh, to see it as some sort of like folklore or superstition of like, use it, use it, (laughs) Timothy, use this energy. Um, Because there are definitely, I think, like theater folks, maybe not at the higher echelons of of the craft, but when we were growing up, there were theater folks who talked about show health and you know, that the, the adrenaline, as if it were some sort of magical spirit moving through you, uh, to to empower you to do this. Cra- it's, Thes- well, it's Thespis himself touching you with his mighty finger. People still talk about that a lot. I feel like actors, particularly those that have just done like television and film prior, yeah. talk about the experience of doing like a live performance on a stage yeah. and how how invigorating it is in a, like a completely unique, powerful way. But now that I've done it like so many times, so many more times than... I ever would have guessed I I would have when I, you know, graduated from my children's theater company. I probably thought then like, well, that's it for me and the stage. Uh, Did you really think that? Yeah, I thought so. I didn't I wasn't planning on pursuing acting or theater or anything beyond that. Um, And I really didn't. Now that I've done it like so many times, like I recognize it not as a magical thing, not as a. A, a spiritual thing or some sort of element of the craft like it is it is body chemistry and it is hormones and it is fight or flight response and it is how your body responds anytime it is 
afraid, basically, of of uh, a situation, whether it is a rattlesnake in the woods or a bunch of clapping people. It is sort of the same thing. Your body does similar stuff. It's how you use it is is different, but it is not some magical effect. It's just like, that's what your body does. That's what it's good at. And I think what's interesting, though, about performing, I was talking to Griffin a little bit about this. Like, I don't get nervous, but I feel like I have to kind of warm up when I am in front of people. Like, I can't just minute one come with 100% energy. I, I feel like I'm kind of like getting my footing. Yeah. And so th- that's what's, I think, kind of surprising is that you have all this adrenaline, this nervousness, and then for some reason, it goes away at a certain point, and then it's just transformed into like power and i, I don't well, know no, that's it's, what that's what I, that is what i'm sort of arguing against it's not i don't think it is a conversion to like why don't anything. you just keep being nervous like what what changes um i think that there is an understanding that allowing that nervousness to cause me to freeze up is 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 wrong is like not the correct yeah. response right and so it is partially i guess sort of like guiding the 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 hormones that are coursing through yeah. your veins at that moment there is a sort of willfulness to it because there is also like a type of stage fright that doesn't go that way right like it is a type of stage fright that and and this, again like it is an abstract concept for the most part um but th- there is you know you get terrified before you go on stage, you go on stage and oops, you're still terrified and <laughs> yeah. you can't do what the fuck you're supposed to do out there. Yeah. But I think that it is sort of part of theater and performance that most of the time, like you are able to kind of get over that hump yeah. and that that feeling is bordering on the supernatural, which is why like you treat it with the level of, because yeah. I have no other element of my life that is even remote. This This physical change that happens in my body when I go on stage is not like anything else that I have in my in my life. I don't have moments where I feel like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm on, baby. Thanks, <laughs> well, thanks, you know, adrenaline. You know what I compare it to? So the things that I do get really nervous for are when you're going to be out of town and I'm going to be alone with the children. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of builds and builds. And then very rarely does it go completely smoothly. Yeah. But I'm busy. Like yeah. as it is happening in that moment, I am too busy. Like I have to use all of my facilities to like manage the situation. And maybe that's what's similar to what's happening on stage is that you are building up all this potential energy and then you have, I mean, you have to stay engaged and focused and it, it, it harnesses that and like lasers it into like what you need to accomplish. And that that's what the, that's where this. The, the like trust comes in like it is yeah. a, it is a, an agreement you make with this this change in your body of like okay i can use this yeah. <laughs> to get through the next hour uh he, yeah. here on stage um i have done the thing that i didn't want to do with this segment which is like t- talk about it in some sort of like reverent tone i f- i just find it really really uh scientifically fascinating yeah that i feel so fundamentally different from 30 minutes before we go on stage to 15 minutes before we go on stage <laughs> to when I'm on stage yeah. to after I'm on stage. It's yeah. four different griffins <laughs> with four different brains. Uh, and I, I, I don't say this uh, dismissively because I genuinely do not like the way that I feel when I am 
like completely coiled like a fucking snake for <laughs> a week yeah. before the show. And I don't like not being able to sleep. So I'm not, it's, this is not me saying like, it's always worth it, but I do love performing. I, I do love doing these shows in front of people and that sort of connective experience. And yeah. it is nice to have this thing that I, I feel like at this point I can count on every time to be there. Not saying that I get out there and I'm fucking crushing it every single night, but I at least am able to, uh, you know, do it and feel good about it. Yeah, and, and that is uh, that that feels awesome. And yeah. so that is that is my topic this week. Yeah, no, it's fun as, as like your partner and somebody that's that sees all the different Griffins. Uh, it is fun to see that Griffin for me. And I always really enjoy watching you and and your brothers. Like now that I am as connected to your family as I am, like I have a real appreciation for like the differences in who you all are on stage when you're performing yeah. and then who you are like three minutes before when you're backstage. What's great is there are uh, a handful of venues at this point, not a handful, maybe, uh, you know, close, close to 10 that we have done multiple times. And so like when we show up, I will see a hallway and be like, oh, yeah, I've paced this hallway <laughs> a lot of time. My old pacing hallway. Well, and the bathrooms, too. <laughs> I'm very familiar with some of the bathrooms. And I could, y'all, one day I'm going to write a book. And the book's just going to be shit talking some of the worst backstage bathrooms and some of the best backstage. But I'll, yeah, I'll go uh -huh, both ways. Uh -huh. um, but who oh boy. Some 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 of them wonder theaters built in the 1920s uh, have some wonder toilets also built in the 1920s. It's such a contrast, right? Because usually the performance space is gorgeous. It's amazing. It's like immaculate, like upheld in a very authentic, like painstaking way. And then backstage. The reliefs <laughs> in front are have aged very well. The relief backstage <laughs> has not aged very well no. since 1920. No. Um, anyway, thank you all so much for letting us do this thing for 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 you. And yeah. I, I genuinely am very very grateful. Um, but I do need to I do need to steal you away. Okay. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis -vis, um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? 
is Factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I'm Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. Oh my gosh, hi, it's me, Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture game show Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play a whole host of games, like one where I describe a show using limerick, and our guests have to figure out what it is. Let's do one right now. What show am I talking about? This podcast has game after game, and brilliant guests who come play him. The host is named Dave. It could be your fave. So try it. Life won't be the same. Uh, a big business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Close, but no. Oh, is it Troubled Waters, the pop culture quiz show with all your favorite comedians? Yes. Troubled Waters is the answer. To this question and all of my life's problems. Now, legally, we actually can't guarantee that. But you can find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, my thing this week, yeah, and it feels like it's been a long time, is a trip to the Poetry Corner. That's good. You can stop. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I always pause because I expect you to do something, but yeah. I imagine that's a, not a, a joyous experience it's the adrenaline, baby. It's the adrenaline. It gets me fucking over the hump of doing that for you. Uh, this is a poet that I just recently became familiar with, um, but actually has a lot of connections to Texas, which oh. I didn't realize. Uh, her name is Carrie Fountain. Cool name. She's from New Mexico originally, uh, but she got her MFA at the Michener Center at UT Austin, and in 2019 was the Poet Laureate of Texas. Hey, all right. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, was there for years, was didn't not. Didn't know, didn't get the If email. you can believe it, I lived in a place and didn't know about the poetry in that place. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably true for everybody. Well, we knew about over. the poetry of the wind through the pines, the cicadas and the, the longhorns in the field grazing their grasses. <laughs> I think you've gotten better. 
I think that we have been doing Poetry Corner long enough that your improv skills related say, to poetry does I say it some seems really better. dope poetic shit. It seems better to me. For sure. Uh okay, so Carrie Fountain uh has actually she's also written uh fiction and a, a children's book, but um but what I'm talking about is her her poetry. Um and I wanted to read Maybe two Ooh, I've been a good boy. <laughs> um, I want a bonus poem. So she writes, this is something that I, I'm kind of fascinated with, and I'm always hesitant to explore, but it's this, this poetry about being a mother. Okay. And it's something that we talked about a little bit when I brought Kate Bear uh, in a previous week, um, how it's this incredibly rich... Uh, you know, personal, intimate experience, but it always feels strange to try and smash it into a poem. Yeah. And so she, I think that she has done this really well um, several times. And so I wanted to read um, maybe two poems. These were both published in the Adroit Journal. It was issue 37 for those of you that are Great planning to seek this out. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first poem I'm going to read is called The Answer. When my son cried out in the night, I woke ready and scrambled to his room without even putting on my glasses, pulled through the dark living room and down the dark hall by this instinct I'm still sometimes surprised to possess. By the time I got to him, he'd fallen back to sleep, of course, and so there I was awake, squinting down on him, twisted up in Paw Patrol sheets, his body emitting that constant low heat of still growing. What a miracle, I thought then, that I'll always get to recall the slant look he gave me when the nurse first brought his new face up to mine, and I could see even then from the start he was sizing me up, finding me somewhere in the adequate to lacking range, though he must have known, must have come knowing, that I'd have to do. Trying to untangle him from the sheets, I woke him, of course, and he looked up at me mystified, my face inches from his. When he asked what I was doing there, I answered, I'm not here, go back to sleep, and he did. Once my life was neat, it was a handkerchief folded, slipped into a back pocket. No one had to know it was even there. Now it's opened, and wasn't it this I prayed for in some distant, quiet place, all alone, all lonesome and alone? Wasn't it God I asked to allow me the grace to one day learn the names of all the dogs on Paw Patrol, all the ponies on My Little Pony, all the Pokemon, good and bad, the Care Bears, the Transformers, the enemies of Batman, the friends of Batman, all the good guys and all the bad guys forever and ever. Amen. Make it real. Wasn't that exactly what I asked for? I can't believe you are going to do another one of those. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's that one. I feel like I need to sit. With. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a very good poem. It's a very good poem. It's a very good poem. It is. It feels. I will say, extremely targeted. Uh, <laughs> uh, but very good. I read this interview with her actually also in the Adroit Journal, but a later issue where she gets asked that question about like. How do you write about being a mother, basically? Like, how do you approach it? Like, how do you think about the way it will be judged? 
And she said in the interview, the way I think about motherhood poems now is that it's not writing about children, it's writing about the self and children enter the poem. I hope it's not reductive to say children in poems are employed for metaphorical purpose, but I think you use what you experience with them, those bits of life, the true life, and then shape it to create an image to observe yourself. Fuck yeah. God Isn't that nice? damn, that's good stuff. Isn't that nice? Because I, I, I feel this, I mean, as as somebody who I, I feel like I didn't have any kind of grand delusions about having children and what that experience would be like, and, and I didn't set a lot of parameters around it, what I wanted it to be. So I'm always very sensitive to the fact that a lot of people don't live this life and maybe yeah. don't want it for themselves and maybe don't find it particularly interesting because sure. they're not in it. Uh, so I'm always hesitant, but I, I really appreciated the way that she approached that of just like it is a thing that you do that tells you more about yourself right? and offers you this experience that can let you see things in different ways. You know? there I have, I, I've been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot lately. It is like, pretty much the star of the show of therapy i feel like for me lately of like we don't we don't talk about our kids that much because we want to afford them a level of privacy that they cannot choose uh or or elect to choose uh at at this point right mm -hmm. and we aren't very like forward about them we don't post, post like a bunch of public pictures of them or any of that yeah and not saying either that you're like you're james vanderbeek you know like we no, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a level of scrutiny no that, of course you know. not but it's it is it is something i feel like we can do for them and so yeah it, we, we, we yeah. do it at the same time the image of myself that is projected out into the world uh -huh. is such a narrow fucking sliver of the rest of my experience and the rest of that experience is in that, is, I feel like is in that poem or yeah. reflected in that poem so yeah. much. And that is like, you know, it is, I guess, a type of like narrow casting. But I always feel like when I'm talking to parents of kids around this age, like it is, it is, uh, it is like a, a topic of conversation that is like f filled with excitement because like you don't get a chance to really like talk to other people about uh, the the day-to-day -day sort of minutia of the stuff you do with your kids. Yeah. And it was so, you know, I've, I felt like when I went into therapy right after we had Henry, maybe a year after we had Henry, I thought like I am uniquely bad at this. But then I realized pretty soon after that almost everybody that's is seeks, bad in the same way. Well, and that it is very common to seek out therapy after you have children because you are suddenly aware of all of these things about yourself right. and all these concerns you have that you will bring to the experience of your children. And it just like shines this light on like, if you don't deal with this, this is going to continue forever. Right. You know, like you feel you feel this responsibility. Anyway, we're the best parents who've ever fucking lived, <laughs> and we're here to tell you that. Um, do we have time for my second poem? I do you think, think so. Yeah, I mean, the first one was pretty uh, de devastating, but this I, one I think is is a little. Do a silly one. Lighter. <laughs> it's a little silly. Do a silly one. <laughs> it's called summertime. Oh, I like it already. I flush the latest dead fish down the toilet before the children come home. We bought the fish to be little responsibility lessons and then little death lessons for the children. <laughs> Though the fish keep dying for no clear reason and somehow I am the only one who is ever home to partake of the death lessons. 
The children are at camp learning to be bored and itchy with a few moments of wonder and one to two friends each. They are having childhoods and I am having adulthood. Watching the silver body that just this morning contained a life flash like money one last time before vanishing down the drain, trying to decide whether or not to tell them when they arrive, their faces red from sun and chlorine. I pray here over the toilet that in the moment I will tell them the truth and that I will tell it well enough. Man alive. Lovely. This shit is so good, Rachel. <laughs> have you been holding out? How long have you known about, about this? About this good About poetry? poetry? Yeah. <laughs> this shit's so good. Um, yeah, I was very excited to find this poet. So Carrie Fountain had a book recently called The Life. came out in 2021. Um, prior to that, uh, she had a book of poetry called Instant Winner in 2014, which I love as a title. That is very good. Uh, and then in 2010, Burn Lake. And those are kind of her three big books of poetry. So I would encourage. I, not a joke. That is some of my favorite poetry yeah. I think you brought to the yeah. show. Yeah. I immediately really added all of those books to my, my list to, to purchase yeah. because I just felt like she's, she's doing it right. Yeah. Hell Yeah. I love yeah. I love when this happens. I love when it's so outside of my like oh I know thing that when I hear like poetry, it's like I've it, like eaten a very good gazpacho. It's like I don't know anything about this, but that's great that you tell me there's more good gazpacho. You mean out there's there? more of this? There's more gazpacho. Um, hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song "Money Won't Pay." You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, we got some new merch over at McElroyMerch.com. We got a Hogs Gotta Hunt sticker uh, inspired by my brother's Weed Sona that he brings out when we play video games together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and we're doing a bunch of discounts on uh, all of our apparel items. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So now's a, now's a great time yeah. to get to stock up for the holidays. And... Uh, I think that's I think that's probably yeah. Thanks everybody who maybe still expects these episodes to come out on Wednesday. We also would so like cute, that. So cute, so adorable. We also hope that that will continue at some point. Real quick, two small wonders. Liz says my small wonder is getting home after a long day, taking off my shoes and popping my toes on my soft carpet. Maybe it was the years of ballet and marching band, but there's nothing more ethereal than a good toe pop and foot stretch. I do love that. That's um, that's uh, I learned that from Die Hard. Of course, uh, of make course. Make balls with your feet. That's so good. Uh, Samuel says, "My small wonder is when someone needs to merge into your lane at the same time you need to merge into theirs, and you're able to swap places in a graceful ballet of mutual accommodation." That is nice. I do like that. Yeah, it feels like um, sometimes I want to just like do it back too, and just like go back and forth. <laughs> but that would be being two big assholes on the road. So <laughs> we don't usually do that. Um, thank you. Thank you all again. And uh, have a good have a good rest of your week. We'll be back next Wednesday to Friday. <laughs> On to the next three hundred. The next three to six, to see you in six, next year in six hundred. No, it'll be six, no, it'll be, it'll like be many years. years. It'll be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bye bye.
Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.